Hey, welcome to the And Grace Spills podcast. My name is Andrea Grace Fillmore, and I am on a mission to help you get your yay back. To do that, I'm sharing conversations that are thought-provoking, introspective, and fun. This podcast is sponsored by The Treasury, a women's membership club and co-working community. The Treasury is located on historic Film Row in downtown Oklahoma City and full of women who are pioneering new and exciting ways to work. I partner with the Treasury to host events and create connections where women can gather to learn from one another and have a good time doing it. For more info on the Treasury and all the upcoming events, visit thetreasury.org. Careers and kids. Sad that they're not the same. Two separate letters. Two separate letters in the same alphabet, though. Right. That's important to know. I'm here with my friend Darcy. Darcy, Simon, what's happening? You know, not a lot. I'm just refreshing on my alphabet skills. Yeah. Especially careers <laughs> and kids. Careers. That's a hard C. So, Darcy here has a lovely family. Married to Cameron, who I've still never met. He's kind of like a person that exists somewhere in a memory to me. He's a real person, though. I've seen photos. I've made him up. I believe it. I've seen photos. Um, And then Cedar. Cedar the leader. Cedar the leader. I love those hashtags. So Cedar, how old is she? She'll be two in September. Oh, buddy. She feels fierce. Gosh, she's so cute. Again, I've never met her, but I think if I did, I would melt. It's like the curls and the teeth and the cheeks. Like, they get me. She's got a lot going on for her. I think cuteness gets you a lot in life. Yeah. And she's winning. She's (laughs) winning the cuteness game. So, Darcy is here to talk to us about careers and kids. Sienna K. Yep. Um, and, but first, okay, so I love to kind of tell how we met each other, because every person that I think through, do you ever, like, think through how you met people, and you're like, wow, that was weird. Like, I think most of my friendships are very, have strange beginnings, and I think, I'm starting to think that's, like, some weird gift I have, is, like, just getting random people to be my friend through non-traditional ways. I think that I would agree with that about you. Yeah, don't ever try this at home, what I do to make friends, because it just, it's probably bad advice for other people. Yeah, but I'm the person that's like, hey, I'll message you on Facebook. Hey, I saw you on stage at this thing, at this place. I think we should be friends. And it worked for me. But if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, hey, weirdo, what are you doing? That's like a personality thing, because I, like, I need people like you to, like, Make me be your friend, uh, because I by force because I will forget <laughs> that I need friends. I'll forget. Like it just will not occur to me to prioritize and like to do that relationship building work. And I need like almost this direct like, hey, I just met you, but we're going to be friends. What are you doing next week? It's amazing. Well, like, I think it's a different dynamic when you have people at home. I come home to just me, and I love it. But it would be different. I don't feel like I would feel as much of a, of a social need if I was around people at home as well. Is that true for you? See, I'm not 100% sure because I 
was independent and solo for a really long time. And so I don't know if now it's like a byproduct of like I became like so comfortable being on my own where I didn't need other people to fulfill me in that way that that explains why I forget about friends or that I just have like kind of a, a, a full life of busyness and family and work and community stuff. That's or fair. I'm just weird. Like on any, any mixture of those. It's probably all of the above. I'm going with the weird theory because on every like personality, whatever test there is to take about yourself, I always end up being like a weird oddball. Like it's not like I'm just not normal. Measurably. <laughs> I'm measurably odd and proud of it. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Um, okay, so Darcy and I met through uh, I was going to volunteer at a thing, but my schedule was really full. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Cause she was the person that's like, hey, if you want to volunteer for this event, email Darcy Simon. And she sent me like the most colorful response email I've ever seen. And I colorful in a good way, not like <laughs> colorful, like actual colors in the text. And yes. I was like, this is so over the top, but I really love it. And and I was like, wow, okay. So I was getting information, but I was kind of weighing my options. Like, I'm so busy. I did not, literally, it was in September of, like, I think 2018-ish. You were moving. But it was, I was moving at the month, and there was just so much going on. <clears throat> and then I went to a committee meeting for, or a networking thing or something for a different organization that I'm a member of. And then Darcy was there, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but, oh, Yes. Because my first thought wasn't like avoid Darcy, but I was like, I think that's Darcy. And then we started talking. And so technically, August will be our one year for anniversary. I just realized that. Oh, wow. Do people have for anniversaries? What we do you do for are, that? I don't. I feel is, like is we should a eat a food. Is that a, like, a diamond? Like, what level is one year? I don't even know that in marriage. I mean, so I definitely a diamond would be friends. pretty extreme for one year friendship, but. You know, go big or go home. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we should definitely get some food in August and celebrate. That's my favorite way to celebrate things is food. So, Darcy. Food is my love language. So amen. Yeah, food is my love language. I experience food, like, in my entire being. Like, when, when you know, like, in Elf, when he eats that weird spaghetti thing and he, he like, breaks the Pop-Tart on it and he shoves it in his mouth with, with his hands and he goes... Mm, that's how I feel ever. when I eat a really good meal. I just, I feel it in my entire being. I now, love it. Are you a person that like enjoys the process of thinking about what you're going to eat far in advance of eating it? Like when you know, like when it's like 9 a.m. and you're like, oh, what do I want for lunch? And then you like go through no the Rolodex in your head. Absolutely food. not. That stresses no. me out. Okay. Because too many choices are hard. But if you said, hey, we're going to Hall's Pizza Kitchen tonight, I would be like, I wonder if they've changed the name of Russ the Goat, because that's my favorite pizza. And I Hopefully can't wait to put it in my mouth. What? But are you a person then at like a restaurant where you'll only order the, like once you find something you like, you'll only that every time it depends on the restaurant but generally yes okay depends okay there's a lot of factors that go into food it's like not a science it's more of an art form in my life which is again why i don't like to cook because it just 
I I can't do it as well as the home shoe doesn't isn't the same. Yeah, it's not. Occasionally, there's some foods that I make really really good, but I just don't like to make food in general. Okay, so we're all about food. food This is not a food episode, and I I'm kind of like maybe it should have been. I don't know. We can we I definitely want a food episode. So okay, Darcy. So you are a full-time working woman. Yes. And you are a boss and or supervisor of some sort. Is that correct? Not currently, only in my heart. Oh, only in your heart. Okay. Yeah, but I have been a boss and a supervisor. Okay. Um, but right now, yeah, in my heart, I am. Oh, it's your boss in my heart as well. So, Darcy, you work full-time. You have a husband and a very small human at home. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to make most mortals tired. However, you're also involved in how many different organizations? I mean, you're serving on the board of one that I know of. Yeah, so I'm a a board member, a couple volunteering things. There's another board I might be working on. It depends. I mean, so there's in the... In the trio of things, there's also community involvement, which right. um, was something that I made some career decisions and changes to allow me the, the opportunity to become to build deeper roots in my community. Oh, so yes, I love that. So like volunteering and stuff like that. So this wasn't in our planned queue of questions, but why do you think it's important that? I, I didn't grow up volunteering anywhere outside of my church. But as I got older, I started to do that more and more. And I realized through doing how valuable it is personally. But what would you say, like, how does that add value to your life when and, you're involved in the community? So I think there's a couple of things. Part one is that it's a really good fit for my personality type, which is like an extroverted introvert. Like, I like to be around new people and be in places, but for me, I'm better at it when I have a job to do. Right. Like when I'm at a registration table or like I have just like, you know, it adds a little bit of a wall um, or makes it a little less awkward. And I just like to, I like to give my skills to, to help contribute to better things. Um, that's part one. I think part two is, being someone who chose to move to Oklahoma City from out of town and then has really, you know, that was something we as a family were looking for. We knew where we were wasn't where we wanted to grow and plant roots. And that was a goal that we had. And we, I don't think we came to Oklahoma City expecting it to be the place, but it became that place for us. And the more we liked where we were, it was like, well, for me, it's really fulfilling and replenishing to be able to give back and build deeper roots in my community. And ultimately, I know it benefits me personally because I'm happier. I'm a person who needs to have a few different things going on. Yeah. Um, and when I'm at the right balance, I'm doing a lot of those things really well. It keeps me from being just a workaholic or like only going so deep in like pure things. Um, but also I know professionally it benefits me in terms of just expanding my understanding about problems I'm trying to solve or my network of people I know, or just 
yeah. resources that are available. So That's so good. So yeah, I like it. That was an important, uh, deliberate decision that I made. Yeah, I think the thing I found first is like. I started getting involved in community because I didn't really have a choice personally. I didn't really know anybody in OKC. So I started volunteering because I went to this event that was phenomenal. I was like, I want to be a part of this, but I don't know anybody in the room. And when they said, you know, oh, we need volunteers. It's like, oh, I can check people in. Like, that's easy. Anybody can do that. And I started doing it over and over and over again. And I got to meet new people and, you know, the professional networking is paying off, but also like the, community as in my community of friends is paying off so it's it's pretty cool to get I I think that journey is still fairly recent for me like in the past few years of like just thinking outside of the only traditional community I ever knew which was my work life and church life but looking outside at the broader community and understanding like oh I, I have skills I can give to a lot of different organizations or to people or help and it it really enriches the community as a whole because we all need each other and I think what is really unique to Oklahoma City I think I haven't lived in a bunch of places but I think this is true of like Tulsa as well like it's a big city but it's a small town all at the same time and so if you really want to get to know people you get involved and it's amazing how after a year of getting involved in the community and one or two organizations how many people you know who are in all the same different things in different spaces. And it's kind of cool to see the crossover. Well, and I was, I'm going to echo that. Like it's really easy to get involved here and it's also easy to grow as a volunteer with organizations too. So I, I think when I was first starting to find the pockets of people or issues I cared about or things I wanted to support in the community, I would see events that didn't feel, I wanted to test drive it. It was like, I don't know if I want to spend this much money to be an attendee at an event. Sure. But I'll volunteer or let me see if there are other ways I can see what they're doing, see what they're about, see who these people are, if that aligns with what I'm looking for. And for one of my favorite experiences um, that gave me a lot of opportunity to grow as a leader and just uh, share my skills in a positive way, it actually started out like that, where I saw this event was happening. I messaged them, I think, multiple times, asking if they needed volunteers. And after the first meeting, I got a call the next day from the founder being like, can you coordinate volunteers for us? <laughs> Will you just like make all of this happen? Sounds so and much. Yeah. that has been, um, and through that, I've, you know, broaden my network beyond just my lane of people in my industry or my organization or things like that, which to me is really important to diversify the relationships I have. Yeah. Um, so, so I've got different people who have different perspectives <clears throat> than me. I think, yeah. And that's added so much depth to my life is I have a lot of good friends that are all from very different spheres of business or of different backgrounds or it just makes my life more fun because and when they do cross over it's like it's wild to me but it's really cool to add that variety and that um, diversity in your own life because it really broadens especially when you're working and you're just you get in the rhythm of life and you 
get up, you go to work, you go to the gym, you whatever. But then you add that diversity and it just makes life a lot more fun. Well, no, that's not the fun thing about people in whatever context is like finding the things that people love to talk about and just going deep in those conversations. Like I had a summer of a lot of first dates that did not go very successfully, but I became really good at it because it was like, let me find a thing that when you're talking about your eyes sparkle, whether it's entering in barbecue competitions or whether it's like whatever it is, like that is the part where I get to see who you really are as a person. Um, Darcy, the date coach. <clears throat> She's going to teach us all. <laughs> I was also really broke and bored. So. <laughs> I don't, I'll tell you, I think my eyes would sparkle if I got to judge barbecue competitions and eat. You know, maybe not barbecue, taco competitions. That would make my eyes sparkle, I think. Well, I think if anything, it gave me some really great like ability to ask questions and yeah. tolerance for ambiguity not ambiguity but like just being willing to like let things go wherever they're gonna go conversation wise or whatnot and it was interesting it was good and, and also I think it was good almost career training um as far as there are a lot of transferable skills between dating and professional success oh my gosh that's In a whole episode opinion. that I can't wait to do I wanted <laughs> I want to do that right now <laughs> Okay, so moving from, like, your community involvement, I'm just thinking, like, for me, that's a lot to juggle with a full-time job and, you know, normal life things like going to the chiropractor and not meal prepping because I don't like it. But, you know, playing Nintendo Switch, all the things that I juggle. (laughs) Um, I also juggle those things. Okay. Except for the chiropractor, but also I'm generally not perfect. But I'm I'm just thinking, like, how is that different from a family perspective? Because you are involved in the community. You do have a job. Cameron works. Like, how does that all work? Communication-wise and, like, planning-wise, like, what does that look like? What's that? You know, I think people think that, like, Becoming a parent takes you immediately from whatever regular person you are to some, like, superhero level. Where, and the good news is that a lot of those changes are much more organic and gradual. So it's not, like, everything overnight. You you know, you get nine months to get ready to, like, figure out how to keep a human alive outside of your body. (laughs) Which is really just keeping yourself alive along with that human. (laughs) Um... So I think it's a lot of this, it's really similar to how it was before, which is still just having, you know, um, having the right partner or support system. I, I think I choose to outsource a lot of areas of expertise in my life. So I'm an academic person, so it would be easy for me to be like, okay, let's about potty training. I'm going to get all these books. I'm going to read about every single idea and like style and philosophy. Right. And then I will be informed enough to know what I need. Well, that's cool. But that would actually really take a lot of mental space I don't have and stress me out much more than I need to because, I mean, let's face it, I don't really know an adult that is not successfully potty trained. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure like if you do know one, one let, us, let us know. No, please don't let us please know. Please don't let us know. Don't call people out. 
but it's one of those things where it's like, there are probably a lot of good and right options. And so I'm going to go back to who are the experts I've, I've picked, who have I put on my, my team, which is like, let me go to the pediatrician, let me go to the daycare teacher, let me go to a couple friends and just be like, hey, what do y'all do? Okay, that sounds great. Like, we're going to go with that. So I think there's that has been an approach, um, whether it's using technology for like those kinds of efficiencies or just, you know, finding like really being strategic about who is on my who is part of my support system and then actually letting them fill those roles where I don't have to like carry and do everything um so my current metaphor for myself is like I want to be like an Air Force One mom where like most of the time you don't know I'm there you don't see me very under the radar but like if there's a problem oh I'm gonna be there with like you know, full force, ready to solve the problems. And I always know what's going on, but right. I don't have to, like, do right. what's going on. Just to clarify, Air Force One is in the presidential airplane, not the sneakers or the song Air Force Ones. True. But it's like, there's helicopter, and then there's, like, this is, like, you know... Air Force One flying high. This is, like, FBI, stealth, stealth secret, like, yes. whatever. Um, so, but also... There's this weird dynamic where society gives you a lot more of a pass, but or, but also lowers their expectations of you when you're a parent. It's like, oh, you have a kid, you probably can't go out for like drinks with us after work. And I'm like, I could, but I don't really think I want to, so I'm going to use the kid excuse too, <laughs> or like things like that. And um, having, I, so I take full advantage of that pass, even when it's a misjudgment. Um, or even when I'm using that as the excuse for what is not the real reason why I do or don't want to do things. Um, but I also have had to make more choices of really finding what is worth my time because my, my time has a different sense of value now. And so before wow. it was yeah. like, is this something I just have capacity to do? Do I want to do it? And it's like, is this worth me missing bedtime stories and a tuck-in? Um, and what I personally get in, in the fulfillment of that, some things are, and some things aren't. And I weigh that a lot more when I'm committing to do things. Yeah. Wow. And I think, man, I'm learning so much just about mom life, but I think on the opposite side of that, I feel like as a single person, with no kids, people sometimes expect more out of you because like, oh, you don't have kids. You don't have a family. You don't have X, Y, Z plans. And I think that is an unhealthy thing that happens in society where just because a single person isn't doing family things doesn't mean those things may not be important or they may not be at least important to me, the person who's doing them. Or, you know, I've heard people say even that they're like, well, it's important for me to take a vacation with my girlfriends, just like it would be for you to take a vacation with your kids. And we just, I think, kind of just judge that as being frivolous or you don't, you don't know what it's like to be busy or you don't know. And just like I, I could judge a mom saying you never make time or you never have time. I think it's just a weird thing that almost like the grass is greener, but not quite. 
So like we confuse and think, oh, well, their life is this. And so that's one of the reasons like I wanted to cover this on the podcast because it's like the only experience, not the only, but the primary experience I have of mom life and kids is for my sister and her kids and my brother and his wife and their kids. And, and I learned so much, like the pace of life is so different, but it's so rich as well. Like, it's just a different, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just a different stage and different life. And hearing you talk about the organicness, is that a word of like how those decisions are made? Because like, for me, I'm like, okay, well, when do you guys sit down and talk every, every day or every week or like, you know, whatever, like, just cause it's so outside of my norm, like the organic, um, I guess life on life, I think is what is helping. Like you're naturally saying, Oh, it happens normally. It's like a normal relationship time. And again, it's just so cool to see from the outside into that and kind of have you, speaking to that as well about you know everybody just lives a different well and I think I was not I was not a person it's not that I didn't want to have a kid but I think I had a lot of fear about how that would change me and my life in a negative way where I feared I would lose myself or not be able to still do the community things or the career things or the other fun things that were fulfilling to me too and I think realizing that aspect of it even for me uh, has made me better at it because I realize things are phases a lot with kids like so you know we Mm -hmm. had you know with a one-year-old you have a phase where you probably can't go to nice restaurants and that's Mm -hmm. not forever yeah (laughs) and we're easing back into like society and like outside of just you know, the unbreakable things. Um, but, like, you know, I think those are those are lessons that people, we already apply and, like, can strive to live by, whether it's having a family and being a parent or not. Um, and the same way, not only the messages that society is sending about how you value your time or prioritize the things you need, I think particularly as women, those are also things that we use as the reasons to not do the things that are good for us or that we yeah. want to do too. Um, and I don't know if men struggle with that too, but like, I'm pretty, you know, there's a, something I learned about the, it's like the brain load or the woman's load or it's like a thing that like moms have just this extraordinary mental load Mm-hmm. where you're doing all of the things but then you're also your brain is almost in this constant state of like planning or like yeah. strategic work which my kid are they breathing or alive got through all got the logistics you're yeah. thinking through do I have the next bottle ready when's the last time we did this and you're yeah. I mean it's it's this chess in your head but I don't know that it's not yes you're doing it to like keep a person alive but I think there's still a lot of that that is just women inherently just break right. through things and, and operate in that way that is just different and, and much more consuming. Um, the, all of that behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Man, I feel that yeah. so much. I think, and I was thinking about this yesterday, It's I think that's why I like to introvert so much and why I like to live alone is because my brain is so busy. Yep. 
that to be around other people is just another layer of intensity. It's not necessarily bad. It's actually really good. And I like people. I like to be around people, but yeah, to keep the CPU from burning up for that motor, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just have to, you know, know yourself and know like when you need to relax or when you need to pull back. And I, so what does that look like for you in your family? Like when you guys, you and Cameron, how do you work through those times where it's like, oh, I'm done. I'm so done. Um, I think the nice thing about a change that we, you know, have we've done really to accommodate having a kid is you actually structure routines a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Not that you have to, I mean, and there's, that's its own continuum. Like you could be like really structured, like, Oh, it's eight forty seven. We need to be, you know, <laughs> lavender bath and like whatever. <laughs> and, and we're pretty lax on that, but we have more like a, an order of operations routine. Like after, oh, yeah. you know, like cool. Um, he usually gets home before um, I do after picking up cedar and is fixing dinner. I like to watch Wheel of Fortune. Um, and so does she. And then, <laughs> you know, have like that, like family time before going to bed and things like that. So there, there are more like benchmarks in right. our day where we can, we each are kind of independently flowing into our own, like, you know, zoning out activities. So really it's more, like it's more rhythm versus a routine. Which is yeah. kind of a whole podcast I want to do in the future. Yeah, and a lot of podcasts I listen to talk about rhythms, and I now that like you saying that is a light bulb for me because I'm like, well, this sounds really cute and podcasty, but really, like, what is this? And like, yeah, but well, it you're is doing a way, it. You're already doing it, it. It is a way to describe it, even if my rhythm is not always on beat. Yeah, <laughs> you can have your own rhythm. Some days it's faster than others. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but then also like I knowing when I have other involvements or other things, like knowing what our rhythm is going to have to be different. It's just communicating and reminding me like, do you pick her up today? Or like, you know, I think I average about one evening a week where I've got some meeting or activity or something like that. And then the weekends we kind of switch off times in terms of like, you know, he'll take her for more of the day on one day and then I'll take her for more. So we get like even just alone recharge time or just that undedicated, like we have to do, you know, we have to like mow the lawn. That's not really, or come like, record a podcast yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, so, that's fine. That's fine. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> so I want to pivot a little bit and talk now about so, your work mm-hmm. and and just thinking through like, being a working mom and having a family and having all that community involvement. Do you think that your career trajectory for good or for bad has been impacted by family life or maybe not even the trajectory of your career, but like the choices that you make regarding your career? Absolutely choices. Um, and I've even done some like research and interviews of like working moms to like see that in other, especially new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, I also have kind of a more, or I would call it a non-traditional like trajectory or path anyway, because I've actually changed like industries. They're kind of a couple different chapters to my career. So I was a classroom teacher 
uh, alternatively certified uh, in New York City. And then I continued to teach for about like nine, ten-ish years, anywhere from middle school to adults um, in a lot of different like settings. And I changed from the classroom to be a school administrator. And then I went in, from education to the nonprofit world as a uh, recruiter for education to find teachers. And then now I work for the state um, doing like public service and doing like more high level vision uh, strategy for workforce development, which education is one part of that, but that's also looking at business and economic development and other things too. So my career, and I knew that I wouldn't be a person who did who retired from like the same job I started. Um, And that was even a really fun, that's a big generational shift too. Like when I think about my mom or my grandparents, like we as a society have always been like a single track, a single career, almost like we, we have taught and we think about work like it's a game of checkers. And it's just like, oh, here's your next thing. Here's your next thing. Oh, now you get to manage people like King Me. Now you have two checkers or whatever. <laughs> and I I'm gonna start saying that at work. King Me. <laughs> but like and I think I have played the game, but I think it's also the game has changed where it's a lot more like chess. And mm, so yeah. um we should not be navigating our work selves operationally like it's like one step in front of the other. It should be strategic. There are um you should be finding the opportunities that give you what you want to get to your next step. Um, those experience, whether it's the experience you need, whether it's the title you need, whether it's the uh, skills or knowledge, like expertise, like those things. Um, and in chess, it's cool because sometimes it looks like a lateral move, but it actually becomes vertical. Like it becomes mm-hmm. something that yeah. you grow forward. Set so, you up for like the long game. And so that's what has helped me, I think, especially I've had great opportunities that has helped me hop from one chessboard to another chessboard mm-hmm. in terms of industry sectors. And so, but being a mom, I added this new consideration to that where it was like, okay, where previously I was unrestricted when it came to travel or uh, how many hours you wanted to work or like yeah. things like that and or benefits even like sure you don't care that much about how great your healthcare plan is when it's just you and you're generally a healthy you're person. young and invincible so or what your time off schedule looks yeah. like or your even when you start and stop work like you're not having to accommodate that around daycare drop off or pick up times or things like that and so I know for myself I was in a more non-traditional work-from-home world, had a lot of flexibility, and I actually made the choice and sought out an opportunity that was more traditional. That was, I go to an office, have more standard working hours. When I'm there, I work. When I leave, I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And there, you know, it was interesting because there are a lot of people in my office I see who, while, who choose to still go above and beyond. And it's not that I'm not a person who will go above and beyond. I really like work. I will go hardcore. I will do extra work, extra hours, whatever. But also, 
I've worked really hard, even just personally, in the area of work-life balance. Yeah. Um, to create those zones and not and and hold myself to a really reasonable standard of what I want to give. I don't want some of my life to be the work that I did that made other people money. I yeah. want it to be like who I was as a person and what I did to make the world better through my work, but also through my family or through community involvement or through other things too. Yeah. Wow. I love that. It's such a different and far reaching view of work. And I think it's so important that we take time to recognize that, you know, things are different than they were 20 years ago. How does that impact? Like, I don't want to be the person that's job hopping every two years, but at the same time, I do want to grow in my career and my craft. I want to get better at it. And I want to be promoted so then I can continue to learn and continue to impact other people in the work that I do. So I really love that um, perspective. I think for me too, it's really helpful to like compartmentalize career, job, and work. So like work is what you do. Job is where you do it. And career is that bigger, like, you know, that the big C career of like the whole journey along the way. And so for me, I've, I really don't like staying in a job past when I need to. Or, you know, getting too settled into the tasks of the work that I'm doing where it becomes stagnant or repetitive and I'm not growing. And so I think of it, too, as, like, riding a wave. Like, you know at some point you have to get off or that water is just going to, like, crash over you and you have to learn to, like, read the signs and start yeah. making those moves. Oh, and that's, again, chess versus checkers. Like, be strategic. I still want to say king me when I do a good job. But yeah, great point. I love it. <laughs> king me, queen me. I don't know. Okay, Darcy. So what uh, advice would you give to working women, working moms, working families? What would you impart to them as advice? Or do you just want to give them a thumbs up? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first it's just, like, kudos for, like, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, I think, if anything, it's to be a little bit fearless and selfish when it comes to making the choices you need to make that align with your values and what you need. And realize that, like, it's worth it to take the risks to get to a better place, but also, I mean, yeah, keep riding the wave, realize that not everything is going to be that way forever, um, and just, just keep doing it, focus on you, focus on your humans, and take care of yourselves. Man, that's good advice for everyone, take care of all the humans that you love and appreciate, take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and do you have any resources that you've personally used that have been helpful to you in this journey? You know, I um, I think it's more about surrounding myself with the with people aligned to like my values of like lifestyle, whether you're single or working or not. And so that 
influences who I'm following on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot about moms, and sometimes they're a little bit more aspirational as far as like, yeah, I would like to be more, make um, better choices as a consumer and be more organic and crunchy and eco-friendly. We're not there yet, but I'm going to like keep that conversation going in my car between the voices and myself. (laughs) Um, I think also what I've done better is also just edit out the voices and the influences Mm -hmm. that aren't, they're not me right now. So I think I had, you know, and a lot of what has been edited out currently for this phase are like the career growing, you know, hustle um, or die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Build your side business. And I'm like, oh, side hustle. No, 6 a.m. Yeah. Seven days a week. So I think that is more also advice and not necessarily a specific resources, but, but think about what you're putting into your energy space and your mind. Yeah. And if it's not for you right now, just put that on hold. Like, and so there's not a specific book or person. A lot of things I've just kind of let flow and, and figured out. Yeah. Which is not I think, helpful because I love when podcasts give like, oh, get this book. Oh, this <laughs> this um, yeah. I don't know. But I think that's healthy advice for anybody in any stage of family, no family, marriage, or singleness is like, man, edit what, like, just be aware of what you put into your mental self and your emotional self, just like you would with your food. Probably I'm less good at editing my food intake than I am my mental intake. But yeah, that's great advice. And I think it's smart to... I know personally I get to the point where I'm like, I, I hoard information. And so I'm like, I want to save this resource. I'm going to put it into a, like a spreadsheet with a link or, you know, like just dumb stuff. I'm like, I want to know this later. I know I'll, ne- I'll need it later. Yeah. But, but just giving space to say, okay, it's not for me now, but, you know. And it's, it's harder because it's not, I mean, it's like a gray area. Like you, I am. I unsubscribe to good content and that like who are giving like great advice and things like that. But like, honestly, it's just not what I need right right now. It's not helping me. It's stressing me out by like, there's another thing I haven't done this week or like listen to or whatever. And so I think like, Marie Kondo that part, like Marie Kondo your mental <laughs> space, <so> like input. <laughs> and like if it's not serving you right now and bringing you that joy or t- or taking you where you need it to be, then you don't have to hold on to it. You have permission to let it go. Oh, that's so or great. To just put it on the back burner. Yes. Okay, Darcy. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Very ready. This is my favorite part of every episode. I'm not gonna lie. You could do a whole episode of just rapid I was, fire. I was thinking that. I think people want it. I'm gonna I gotta give them what they want. Let us know in some comments if you want only random episodes with no point. Or what your rapid fire questions are. Oh, that's even better. Darcy's volunteered to come on full time just now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even full time. Okay. Paid with benefits. <laughs> We're taking donations now. We gotta pay Darcy. 
Okay, so Darcy, what is the last local restaurant you ate at and what did you get? I don't know if this counts. Well, I went to the garage yesterday. That's local. I think they're a local chain. I have no idea. Um, I had a bacon avocado ranch burger oh, man. and sweet potato fries with garlic aioli. aioli. I went a little heavy. It was a stressful week. <laughs> it was delicious. That's I only had a little tummy ache after. Only a little. Man, you know what does it for me on a burger? No one asked. Here it is. Um, goat cheese. Basically, if you put goat cheese on any menu item, I'm going to order it. Well, it's the bottom line for me. It's like, it's so good. I almost went like the Elvis route because they have the peanut butter and like bacon. That's wild. Burger, man. I'm not ready. Which. I mean, you should do it, but that was not my decision yesterday. Okay. I went otherwise. If you have, like, a goat cheese avocado burger, 100%, I'm all in. So, yeah, wild. Um, what is your favorite holiday? Not including birthdays, like, actual holiday, either federal or religious. Um, probably... Christmas. I feel like there could be holidays I like more than Christmas, but I try to celebrate Christmas the longest because I really like Christmas music. So mm. in my perfect world, if I did not have restrictions from my husband, Christmas oh, de- like tree goes up like Halloween Eve or wow. like the day after, like November 1, and stays up till at least the like when you have to go to back to work after New Year's. Wow. Um, here's how I stretch that out because he has like this Thanksgiving thing that you can't bring your Christmas stuff up. I feel like like everyone's divided. You either love Thanksgiving or Christmas. You can't love both. Like why? I don't understand. Well, I actually am pretty invested in birthday celebrations. And so I believe birthdays should be celebrated for a whole month. Um, At one point I gave myself a birthday stocking. Amazing. So what month is your birthday? January, so I can like secretly extend the Christmas birthday style. That's brilliant. I think that's innovative of you. Well, no one else participates in the <laughs> filling of my birthday stocking. <laughs> they barely fulfill my like Christmas stocking. Fair. No, honestly, I fill my Christmas stocking. I mean, but, you know, it's you know. fine. That's awesome. Christmas. I love Christmas. We've just divided our listener base. Either. By, yeah, they're they're gonna be divided, and now they're gonna be angry that we listen to Christmas music early. I'm not like July early. I have friends like that, but for me, it's like a little week or two, three before Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving, but it's never been like a big deal. Not that it's not. Well, let me rephrase that. I lived away from my family for eleven years in another state, and so Thanksgiving gets real weird when you're with a different group of people every year. And it just became, as an introvert, it became more of a thing that's like, oh, I have to go to a Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. Christmas has always been a party. Well, and for me, like, similarly to that, I it wasn't until I was in college that I had traditional Thanksgiving, like, meals for things. Because, like, not much of my family cared to celebrate or liked those foods. And so Thanksgiving is growing on me. But I'm all about the Christmas movies that are terrible. Yeah. And then music. I just like the whole. Now that I'm closer 
geographically to my family, it is much easier to like Thanksgiving. Fair. I like it a lot more because there's so much food and it's more of a boisterous occasion. Um, would you rather have a manicure or a pedicure? Pedicure because it lasts yeah. And it takes longer to do. So you get to sit in the chair for like a really long time. Yeah. So, and you can do other stuff while you're getting a pedicure. When you're getting a manicure, it's like, well, here I am. And yeah. do you ever get anxious where you're just like thinking about things? Well, and it, yeah. And then there's not like less pressure to have like awkward conversation because there's like more distance between heads. So <laughs> I think I'm sometimes injured myself by like sitting in the massage chair too long or like just making it like beat my back for like as long as humanly possible. I've been like sore after pedicure. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh I'm gonna take full advantage of this and I'm like just hurting myself terribly. Yeah. Because yeah. those I don't know, I don't think that they're actually really great at massaging. Maybe it's like something that the nail care industry is like these people are awful let's just hurt them and they'll like it or maybe they're it's like built subversive. for like other like body sizes and things like that like i don't know if they're tailored to mm. i don't know yeah i feel like i don't ever line up they're like we're gonna do the sides of your back and i'm like really are you because that's like into my ribs yeah you're almost hugging me with those knobs there buddy well and then there's the whole effort of like scouting the right place that's gonna be all of the like that's gonna have the good chairs, it's gonna offer you a beverage, will surprise you by having alcoholic beverages. I haven't I don't know the last time I got my nails done, but it's been a minute. Yeah. And I love manicures and pedicures, but I just got really good at painting my own nails. And now everyone thinks I get manicures, but I have just revealed my own secret. I paint my own nails. Well I do too, but I'm not really good at it, so it's usually pretty popular. I can give, I'm happy to do a short video podcast on how to do your own nails. Oh. If anyone's interested, let me know because I'm not going to do it just for kicks. I only want to do it if it's helpful. Okay, one more question. Mm, Let me think, let me think. Um, What is your least favorite chore? Um, every chore. <laughs> if you had to pick one that you would never have to do again, what would it be? I really hate vacuuming. Mm. It's loud and it doesn't take that long, but it's just like a lot. Like you have to. It feels pretty get arduous to like out. pull yeah, the machine out and unplug and wrap the thing. It's and just loud. And like my mom, when I was a teenager and she thought I was sleeping in too late on the weekends. Vacuum. She went back to the early morning <laughs> and like just bang it into my door. Oh. So I think I have post traumatic vacuum stress, which it's really is real. just like medically I, I shouldn't be allowed to vacuum. That's yeah, yeah. you need a doctor's note. Yeah. For that. Wow. But cat litter is probably a close second. Oh yeah. Which I didn't um I mean I took full advantage when I was pregnant or not supposed to do cat litter. Oh yeah. And I like Probably every time I went to the doctor, I was like, this extends through, like, breastfeeding, too, right? Or, like, this extends for... <laughs> this extends for as long as I have a child, right? As long as I have a cat, like... <laughs> wow, yeah. that's fantastic. I think, if 
try to choose a chore. This isn't technically a chore. It feels like a chore to me, though. It is like cooking. I yeah. like cooking for other people, and occasionally I enjoy it, but more for one person, I'm just like, I'll just eat cereal again. Because I'm not like, I don't know. It's easier to make a nice meal for someone else than to actually do something kind for yourself and cook a meal. And, and it's just, I hate everything. It's a lot of steps, and then you have to be, like, managing all the different parts of the processes. And then again, as a single person, as a single person again, I'm like, so last week I made this baked barbecue chicken. It was phenomenal. I'm like, I am on a timer to eat all of that chicken before it goes bad. I feel like having to eat your leftovers is its own chore. (laughs) I am terrible at that. Wow. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I might need help with a cooking episode if somebody can help fix my hatred or disdain for meal prepping and shopping and all of that. Um, send in some ideas for people that can help me with that. I'd be forever grateful. Darcy, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me. Thanks for having me. And here's the secret for our listeners. We already recorded this once and none of the audio saved. So Darcy was gracious enough to come back and redo the entire episode. So I hope you're all cheering for her. Yay. Woohoo. And I think that, I mean, I really do think this is better. This is the better take, guys. You're getting yeah. the better. The better. The chocolate, not the vanilla. Yeah. If you love vanilla, then I'm sorry. Um... So, Darcy, where can we stay informed about what's going on in your world or maybe check out some images of your baby girl? Yeah, totally. I think on the work side, um, my LinkedIn is pretty awesome. I've worked really hard on keeping that fresh. Uh, So that's a great way professionally to find me, personally, and just to really um, see nothing but adorableness of Cedar the Leader. I'm on Instagram at Darcy Says. Why don't you spell that? Because somebody's going to get it wrong. D-A-R-C-E-E-S-A-Y-S. Darcy. You can call her Dr. Darcy or Dr. D. She's working on that degree. That was a rap I just wrote. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it was bad. Um, but thank you so much, Darcy. I am so glad that you were here. And thanks for sharing your wisdom and your friendship. And now we're going to stop recording because so we can plan where we're going to hang out for our one-year anniversary. Anniversary.